You're listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. Paradox Church is a Jesus-centered community where our motto is, Come as you are, no perfect people allowed. For more information about our service times, location, and to get connected with us, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning. My name is Dave. I'm one of the pastors here at Paradox. Glad to be here with you this morning. And what you just watched is what we, it's what we're about. It's who we are. It's who we're about. That is the message, the reality of this man named Jesus, who came to earth from heaven as God to live amongst us, to set us free from the things that hold us back, from the things that we're, we're enslaved to, to reconnect us to a relationship with God and reconnect us to each other. That's why it's so good to be here together this morning. There's actually something of God that we get when we're together that we don't get any other way. And so if you're here, if you're just checking things out this morning, if you're watching for the first time online, we want to say thank you, welcome. We are here to make that introduction, to introduce you to a God, to reconnect you into a relationship with God where there's healing and wholeness and freedom and life and joy like there is no other place as a part of a community, a part of a family, no longer in isolation, but connected to each other as we live out this message, this mission to bring that into the whole world. That's why we're here this morning. That's why I'm excited to be here. So as we get into that this morning, would you pray with me? As we connect with God, our Father, thank you so much, God, that we get to connect with you again because of Jesus, because of who he was, because of what he did. God, I just pray in this very moment, whether we have been feeling isolated, imprisoned, trapped, depressed, anxious, sick, Wondering if anybody cares, God. Wondering if you care. I pray that this would be the moment where an introduction is made, where we get reconnected to your heart amidst everything else that's going on, Father. We just shatter the prisons that we're living in, God. So many of us feel so much weight right now, so much stress. Father, I just pray that you would break that glass, break those prisons, God, and bring healing and wholeness and freedom and life and joy again in these moments that we get to spend together. May we connect with you and connect with each other. Thank you for Jesus that makes that possible, God. We just invite your Holy Spirit to come and speak to our hearts, God. Bring all of those things into our lives through your word this morning, God. I pray that it would be your word and not my own and that you would use it to accomplish your purposes, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, I got a question for you this morning. How do you feel about half? You like half? I don't particularly like half. Um, let, it's, it's somewhat upsetting to me when I, go to the, uh, when I go to the grocery store and I see that big old bag of better made potato chips or something, and then you open it up and realize you got half, right? <laughs> got half. 
That is, a, that is a lot of room for air in there that they leave. But you did get half of that. Um, I, if you ever come over to my house, you will find out that I have a lot of half-done home projects. Anybody else with me, right? You did the quarantine half, the quarantine 50 in more than one way, all right? You got 50% of the, of the job done at your home, uh, and that is where it lies now. Nobody really likes to look around their house and go, oh, look at that half-done project. Just so that wall, that half-done painted wall looks so good. You know, it's artistic. It's kind of, it, it really says something about our half-doneness, you know? Um, Today, 1 o'clock, will, I will be starting on a weekly journey called Fantasy Football Matchup against Rory, who was up here last week holding a trophy that is no longer his, uh, <laughs> that is on its way to becoming mine. But none of us like when our Fantasy Football Matchup starts up and you have projected points and you get half of them. Half. No. Half is no good. In fact, the only good thing that half has going for it is that, well, you could probably finish this, this sentence. It's better than nothing. I mean, seriously, you ever think about that? How bad does something have to be for the only good thing about it to be, well, it's not nothing. Like, well, it's better than nothing. No, nobody likes half. As my friend Rory says, again, why in the world would you half but two things? That's not quite what he says, but we're, it's church, all right? Uh, why would you half but two things when you could whole but one thing? We don't like half, like the whole, the fullness, all right? And there's one area especially where half is not okay. When it comes to mission, half, you don't want half. Just think of some of these missions, all right? Uh, if you were on a search and rescue mission, how would you feel if after searching... The team went, found him, and then they forgot about rescue, right? Got it. Search, accomplished. 50%. Halfway done. We're going home. No. Half is not okay when it comes to mission. Seek and destroy. Again, if you're after your enemy, right, you're supposed to seek, find them, and destroy them, but you stop after seek. I found the enemy. Check. Well done. Mission accomplished. Shock and awe campaign, right? You could be shocking. It's like, oh, surprise, but there's nothing awesome about it. It's a bad surprise. I was shocked by it, but that is all. Oh, you want shock and awe, search and rescue, go and get. How many of you have ever been asked to go to the store to get milk, for example? I don't know. You fill in, the, fill in your essential. And then you go to the store and get Everything else, nutty buddies, check, right? That is not a mission accomplished. You did go, but you did not get. We need both and, 100%, the whole thing. That is what we've been talking about in this series called Paradox. There are certain things that Jesus says all throughout Scripture, and we are called to both of them, and yet we live in this culture that, that really tries to, to wedge us in to a decision, to picking either one or the other. We started out the series saying that we are called to love God and people. And there are all kinds of people that will fall on either side of one of, the, one of those spectrums. Where we say, oh, we just, we love God, but we forget to love people. We don't seek after justice. We're not very nice. We all know some Christians like that, maybe, you know, like, don't, you're, you're looking around at somebody maybe here, hopefully not here. You know, paradox, we love God, we love people, both and. 
Some people love people, though. They forget, that they, they forget about the God part. And they don't realize that you can't really love God without loving people, too. You can't really love people until you love God and find wholeness. We talked about being a gathered and scattered church. We talked about being a re- having relationships of grace and truth and not erring on either one of those sides. We talked about being the greatest and the least. This is how Jesus calls us to love and live and serve other people. We're called to greatness, but it's, it happens by being the least. And today, we are call, we're talking about this great commission, this, this one great final thing that he asks us to do, and it's, again, a paradox of go and make. It's found in Matthew 28. If you are following along on version, it's going to be right there. Uh, you can follow along on your Bible, too, or on the screens, whether you're watching online or here at, uh, at the church with us. Matthew 28, verse 16 to 20, Jesus gives us this paradox, this both-and as, one, as really his final words here on earth. It says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. He says, Hey, meet me up on the mountain. I got, something, I got a surprise for you. you know? <laughs> I got something for you. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, here's the word, and. Everybody say it together. And, you know, you say it at home, and, it's very nice. I feel like I'm on Blue's Clues right now. He's like, <laughs> way to go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Go and make There's a certain reality about church today as we know it, about Christianity as we know it. We have gotten really good, we've gotten really okay with halfway. As as people, as church, we again, instead of the paradox of go and make, you see this all over the place. You see Christians, you see churches, people that go, you know, Jesus said go. And way over here, and they're they're, they're living life out there with people going where people are, reaching people, introducing them to Jesus perhaps even. But they forget about this other side where it's, and make disciples. Make, similarly, there, there are people way over here, right? They don't want, they don't want to mess around. Oh, the, the world, let me tell you, people are messy. Are, surprise, it's not just the church, right? right? Like, People broken, messy, screwed up. I don't even know how we found the time sometimes Like in 38 years, how did I find the time to mess my life up so badly? But it's true. As we go, as we meet people, like we find that there's mess. And and so we just go, oh man, I just want to stay over here in discipleship. We just want to have my Bible study. I just want to be at church. It's not messy. It's easier over here. But no, no. Jesus says, I want you to go meet people. Be out there in the world. Be a good neighbor. Do the stuff and make disciples, and it's both. We can't have one without the other. They go hand in hand, the whole, the fullness. But a lot of times, in a lot of ways, we've become okay with halfway. Today, I want to say that maybe half the mission will only get you half the results. Maybe it will only give you half the results. Think about it this way. 
I want to talk about people as results. Uh, think about if you were to do a workout, right? The 30-day fix, and you do 15 of the days. Well, that's okay, but half, half of the process, half of the obedience, half of the mission will probably only get you about half of the results, right? Now, there are things that Jesus has called us to. There is life that Jesus has called you into. There are good plans that God has for every single one of us. Plans to prosper you, to bring healing and wholeness and freedom and life. But what if half of the mission, half of the obedience, only brings us to half of the results when it comes to that? In so many ways, we as followers of Jesus have gotten okay with halfway. We'll do do a little bit. We'll do one thing, but we're not going to go all in. And so we don't end up seeing the fullness, the wholeness of everything that God has for us. What if God has something more amazing for you than what you are experiencing right now, and you're not experiencing it because you're only going halfway, because you're holding back? You're only doing a little bit. What if there are people in your life that God has put there, people you love, people that you know, neighbors, friends, sons, daughters, brothers, sisters, who are over here, and they could be sitting here with you, knowing what you know, knowing who you know, experiencing what you experience in Jesus, but they haven't because you either have not gone or have not made. We're holding back. We're only going halfway. We can't get the fullness of God with half of the mission. We can't get the fullness of God with half-hearted obedience. We don't get all of Jesus, to put it in another way, until Jesus gets all of us. So today, as we look at Matthew 28, I want to call us to mission, but we have to back up a little bit and start somewhere else. The end game here is go and make disciples. That's the one thing just before Jesus is about to ascend into heaven, physically, bodily, visibly. He says, hey, remember this, guys, go make disciples. That's what he says. That's our end game. That's the result that we're looking after. But if we are going to make disciples, we have to be disciples first. You can't make what you aren't. It just doesn't happen. Uh, one, one thing that over the course of the last year I've really enjoyed getting into, it was the last checkmark box uh, on my journey into becoming an adult, all right? I, I, I said, like, drink black coffee, that was on the list. Read the newspaper, that was on the list of things like, I, I'm a dad now, so I have to become an adult. And <laughs> you would hope that those two things happened in reverse order, but they didn't. I'm still on the journey. Um, I'm sure that Gwen has more checkmarks Uh, on the journey to becoming an adult for me. But for me, the process ended with being a whiskey drinker. All right, I was like, that check mark, adult man. (laughs) All right, so as I'm I'm getting into this, right, I'm I'm, I'm watching the the Netflix documentaries about it and everything. Here's what I found out. I did not know this. Um, Bourbon, specifically. All bourbon is whiskey, but not all whiskey is bourbon. Bourbon is only made here in America. Did you know that? You cannot make bourbon anywhere else. It's only here. It's only our thing. Why? Because there's a process 
There's a specific place, Kentucky, Tennessee, like the seasons are right. The conditions are perfect for making what is uniquely ours. You cannot make what you aren't. You cannot go to South America, Central America, Europe, Asia, and make bourbon. You can't make what you aren't. Similarly, Kubiak kids, right? They are uniquely ours because I am a Kubiak and I make Kubiaks in America. (laughs) Sometimes with bourbon. (laughs) You can only make what you are. I cannot make a McDonald. I cannot make anyone else. I can only make a Kubiak because you only can make what you are. So there's not this separate thing where we're like, all right, Jesus told me to go and make disciples. We can't do that until we start with us. We can't do that until we go, I'm going to be a disciple. I'm going to invite other people into who I am, into what I am, into the direction of my life. Because we can only make what we already are. The way to make disciples, if that's the end result, if that's the goal that Jesus is calling us to, The way to make disciples is to be one. And here's the paradox of it. You cannot really be a disciple until and unless you make them. The way to make disciples, be one. The way to be a disciple, make them. They go hand in hand. That's the paradox. They go together. So I want to start back there. What is it that I keep saying this weird churchy word that maybe you've never heard before? What is a disciple? If this is the call, that's what I'm supposed to make and that's what I'm supposed to be. What's a disciple? Well, very, very, very simply, a disciple is a learner. It's a learner. Believe it or not, the core of Christianity is it's, it's not going to church. It's not knowing some stuff. It's about being made a new person in Jesus and going, all right, I'm, I, I'm like a baby again. I don't know anything about this life. I don't know anything about this world. Jesus, I'm looking to you to teach me. I'm a blank slate. Jesus, I'm your learner. I'm your follower. I am your disciple. That's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And there are four things that every disciple has that I want to share with you today. The first thing is that every disciple has doubts. That might sound counterintuitive, but listen. In Matthew 28, verse 17, this, by the way, is with his 11 disciples. They have known Jesus for over three years now. They have watched his life. They have heard him teach. They have seen him perform miracles. They have even seeing him raise from the dead. Physically, how many of us would love that? Like, you're waiting, you're in life, you're waiting for a sign. You're like, if God is real, if God is real, like, appear in this room. The disciples, they're like, yeah, 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 that happened. We saw that. Thomas specifically is like, Jesus, if that's you, then show me, show me the marks in your hand. Jesus is like, see, see that? Yeah? You believe now? All of this. Then, this is after, like, Jesus raises from the dead. He says, here I am, guys. Watch this. I'm going to eat a fish. You know, like, it's me. You know me. Here's the inside joke. They see all that. They know all that. They spend some time together after his resurrection. And now Jesus says, hey, guys, meet me at the mountain. I got something to to tell you. And in verse 17, they go there. And when they saw him, 
They worshipped him, but some doubted. you imagine this, right? How, how many of us, really, this is an okay place to be. You're, you're looking for a sign. You're looking for something. God, would you break in? And even when they get the sign, they are face to face with Jesus himself, resurrected, and they still get there and they go, I just don't know. How many of us, would just, we would kill for that. That kind of moment. Oh, we wouldn't have any doubts if that, no. Disciples have doubts. If, if even that is not enough to erase the doubts of, of human hearts, I, I'm just going to tell you, like, nothing is. You will never, here, here, here's your hope from the, for the day from church, right? You will never get to the point in your life, this side of eternity, where in your heart you have no doubts. You'll never get there. So many of us are waiting to get there. I mean, maybe someday I'll learn enough where I won't have any doubts, then I can really make an impact for God. Then I'll start following Jesus, but I, just, I, just, I still have these doubts. I still have these questions. You will never, never get to the place where there is no doubt in your heart about pretty much anything. There are not guarantees in life. I challenge you, find the thing. Find the thing in life where it's just, it is sure, there is no doubt. This is going to happen every time. I, I mean, e- even gravity, I mean, I, we're, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but but like, every single step that we take, we don't usually think about it this way, but like, they're, they're not a guarantee. You don't know. Just because, theoretically, just because something has happened billions of times in the past, does that necessarily mean that it's going to happen again? No, it doesn't. Everything is an act of faith. You're always going to have doubt. None of us can ever be totally sure about virtually anything in life. The disciples get together. They see Jesus. They're there. They're with him. And they worship him, but some have doubts. They're still doubting. I wonder what some of us are waiting for in life. We tell ourselves that if, if we have this, this question answered, if we have this experience, if we just little, know a little bit more, when things settle down, then, then we'll, get, we'll, we'll get our life together. We'll figure it out. We'll be about Jesus. We'll, we'll, we'll get to this make disciples thing. What are you waiting for? They're still doubting. You're never going to not have doubts. You're never going to be in that place. And you know what? That is okay. In fact, that's the stuff that faith is made of. Faith is this state of relative certainty, sufficient to produce action. I have faith in gravity. Why? I've seen it work a million times. And you know what? I'm going to take the next step full of faith, even though I have some doubts. I'm going to get in that car, and I'm going to, I'm going to drive it down the side, my side of the road, even though, you know what? No guarantees. Somebody could come over into my side. No guarantees there. But I'm going to go. I'm going to, even, even in the midst of my doubts. You know what's one, one of the greatest things is you, you tend to think that you have to have all the answers. You have to have it figured out before you can start the making disciples thing. I, I joked around, around about, you know, not being an adult yet, but having kids. The wonderful thing about kids is that 
You're, you're, you're making these little disciples, these little learners. That's terrifying, by the way. They're watching you live your life, and they're going to be like you. That's, that you should be afraid, all right? If you're anything like me, be afraid. Be afraid. I, sir, I'm watching my kids, like, they just belch and not say, excuse me. They think that potty humor is very, very funny, as do I, right? They're, they're going to be like you. But all of these things come up in the process of adulting and raising kids, making disciples, And you know what it actually does? As I engage in this process of making disciples, even though I don't have all the answers and I still have doubts in my own life, I end up growing myself. It's like in discipling them, Jesus is discipling me. In helping them, Jesus helps me and I grow. I just just want to say like, sometimes we're we're waiting around until we don't have any doubts. But if we were to take the step, if we were to take the step, if we were to start helping others grow, if we were to start going and making, perhaps that is how we would start to see the doubts in our own mind, in our own heart, be eliminated. Because we would see God show up. It would start to make sense. We would see God at work in our lives, in the lives of others, because we said, you know what, I don't know, but I'm going to pray for him anyway. I don't know if God's going to answer this prayer, but you know what, I'm going to pray it. I don't know how they're going to take this message, but you know what? I'm going to share. That's how it happens. Disciples don't let their, their doubts keep them from worship. If you have doubts here today, welcome to the club. Come as you are. No perfect people allowed. None of us are perfect. We all will have doubts, but disciples go, yeah, I do, and I'm going to follow Jesus anyway. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go. I'm going to make, because I know that God's good. I've got enough evidence It's sufficient to produce action. Disciples have doubts, but disciples also have an authority. Matthew 28, verse 18 says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority. I am the boss over everyone, everything. Oh, gosh, we don't like this one. We don't like that. Like, I have a problem with authority. I think a lot of us do because we've seen bad authority. We don't like it, but Jesus says, I am the authority. It's all been given to me. And disciples are people who place their lives under the authority of Jesus, willingly. Saying, you are the author. You are the one that's in charge of the ending, the story, the character development. You are in charge. You get to write what happens. You're writing, you wrote the beginning, and you're going to write the end. You are the author. You are the authority, and I, I put myself in your story. I give you the pen. You are the author. You are the authority. That's the attitude that it takes to be a learner, a disciple. You're going, hey, you're the boss, not me. I want to learn from you. You show me what to do. The other day, I, I went, um, well, I'll back up a little bit more. We're camping last weekend, and, um, you know, some people are going fishing, and my kids, of course, are, are go, oh, we want to go fishing, and I'm sitting there with my little dinky fishing pole, and I'm trying to hook everything up and everything, and I'm getting frustrated because I don't know what to do, and I actually said in the moment, my kids are all there, and I'm like, well, part of the problem is that daddy doesn't know what he's doing, you know, like, I don't know how to fish. I don't know how to do this stuff, and then Friday, Rory calls me up, and he, and he goes, hey, do you want to go fishing? And to be honest, a part of me is like, no. <laughs> I'd like to feel good about myself today. 
you know, but, but it's one of those moments where, where I felt like Jesus was like, go fishing today. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go fishing. And um, Rory knows what he's doing, right? I'm, I'm there with my, with my Snoopy fishing pole, you know, <laughs> essentially. Rory's got like the, the coat and the stuff and everything. And, and he's got like a real hook. I, I kid you not, like my, my, well, never mind. I'm not going to go there. His hook was much larger um, than mine. And but, but he hooked it all up and everything, and he's like, here's the spot that we want to go. This is the stuff that we want to do. And lo and behold, Rory's he's putting it in there, and he's catching fish. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to do what Rory's going to do. Oh, what, what's that? You're, you're using the green bait? Green bait it is, right? Oh, you're, we're, we're going to fish here? Fish here it is. Why? In that moment, I give Rory authority in my life. Why? Because I want to learn from him. I want to do the things that he is doing in, in much the same way that he's given me authority in over foot, fantasy football. He wants to learn from me. <laughs> Who do you learn from? Who have you given authority in your life? Who is it that you look, look to and go, tell me what to do. Show me how to do it. Disciples of Jesus, learners from Jesus go, Jesus, you have the authority and in doing so, disciples say, I don't call the shots. We like to call the shots in our life. We like to do it our way, make our own path. Well, I'm going to have to learn somehow. I'm the kind of person that has to learn by faith. No, you don't. You don't have to make a mess of everything. You can learn from Jesus, who said that he came to lead you into all life. He said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. If you want this, then come to me. Follow me. I, I want life for you. I'm good. You can trust me. Disciples say, okay, you have authority. You have authority to tell me what to do. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. That's part of it. We, we pick up this book many times, and, and we don't make it authoritative in our life. It doesn't tell us what to do. We, we pick it up and we go, go and make disciples. Yeah, but I'm, that's not, I'm not very comfortable with that. Go and make disciples. Yeah, but my family, like they don't, they're, go and make disciples. Yeah, but at my job, it's, go and make disciples. This, this is authoritative. Disciples of Jesus go, yes, sir. Okay. You are the authority. I do what you ask me to do. <sighs> That's tough. But it's, t it's, it's only tough if the authority is bad. And we have a good authority. He is the author. In him is life. And he will lead us into goodness again. What if the fullness of God, fullness in life, wholeness and healing is waiting on the other side of your obedience. That is the only place when we say, all right, God, you're authoritative. I'm going to do what you say to do. Then we get the fullness. Then we see it. Disciples, yes, they have doubts, but they also have an authority. My life is not my own. The shots are not my, mine to make. I don't make all the calls. I follow Jesus. And disciples have a call. We just said it, 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Disciples have a call. If you're a follower of Jesus, that means your life is about what Jesus has made your life to be about. 
go and make disciples. It's the call. It's the one thing. How do you do that, though? How do you make disciples? Well, we, ju- we have three things in here. The first one, we make disciples by going. Jesus says, go and make disciples. Another way to think of this, though, would be as you go, on your way. Sometimes, you know, Gwen will text me, on your way home, will you go and get, as we're going through life, we have jobs, we have neighborhoods, we have plans, different things. Sometimes God will specifically say, like, I want you to go here, I want you to do this. But most of the time, it's just, there's just kind of this, hey, I want you to go. Go about your life. Go about your business. Live it. And as you go, I want you to make disciples. We, as, as followers of Jesus, sometimes we get obsessed with the where. Where do you want me, God? What do you want me to do? I'm, I've prayed that prayer. I've been there. We get obsessed with the where when Jesus has called us to a what. So wherever you are, wherever you're going, along the way, as you go, I want your life to be about making disciples of mine. That's what disciples do. They go and make disciples by baptizing, by baptizing, what in the world does a pool of water have to do with discipleship? Well, I'll tell you, baptism is the way that people publicly identify as followers of Jesus, as disciples. It's, it's essentially stepping up and saying, you know what, you may know that I'm a good person. You may know that, you, you may kind of think that I'm religious or, or maybe there's this vague sense of spirituality. I'm going to tell you my brand. I'm a follower of Jesus. A follower of Jesus. It's like being invited to a, to a wedding. And everybody, you know, oh, like I knew you were engaged. But you know, I'm engaged to Gwen. I'm married to Gwen. I'm not just married. I'm married to her. We make disciples of, of Jesus by being public with the fact that it's Jesus who we are disciples of. I mean, I, that, that, sounds, that sounds crazy, but yeah, it's that simple, right? We're not just disciples of morality. We're not just disciples of, of a book, a teacher, a philosophy, even a religion, even a pastor. We're disciples of Jesus. He's the one that we follow. And that, we go, as we go, we make disciples. We baptize them in the name of Jesus. We identify as his followers, his people. And here's the last one by teaching them to obey. Here's what we usually think, like, oh, discipleship. By teaching them things about Jesus. By teaching them things about morality. By teaching them the Bible. No, no, no. By teaching them what? To obey. We show. We invite in. We say, this is what it looks like to actually place ourselves under Jesus under his word, to live under authority, to have a call. This is what it looks like, and I'm going to teach you how I do it. I'm going to invite you into my life enough that you can see it. It's not going to be perfect, but I am headed in the direction. I'm going where he's calling me. Come and see. I want to help you obey what God is calling you to do in your life because we only, our life only starts to change when there's action, when we put something into practice, when we actually obey it. It's, it's like if you're trying to figure out what's wrong with your car and you watch YouTube videos and read the owner's manual and go, oh, it needs gas. But then you never go and fill up, right? 
Application, teaching them to obey. It's not enough to know that your car needs gas. You have to put it in there. Teaching them to obey. That's what disciples do. I want to I bring up just a few people uh, today who are actively going after that. They're saying, I want to be discipled, and I want to learn to make disciples. We have this thing at Paradox that we've been talking about for a few months now. It's called training camp. Training camp, will you, will you guys come up here along with, with leaders if you are leading this? I just want to let you know how excited we are about this group of people that are saying, yes, in this season, we're going after this. We want to be discipled. Come on up. Come on. Way, way up here. Up here. Keep on coming. This group is going after it, and they're saying, yes, I want to be a disciple. I want the fullness of God in this season, and I want to learn not only just being taught to obey, but how I can actually go and make disciples of myself. So part of bringing them up there is like, man, you guys, I'm inviting you to watch them. Look to them. As they, as they follow Jesus, go, man, what are, what are they doing? Ask them questions. Say, hey, what are you What are you learning? How, what are you putting into practice, all right? We're putting them up there, so now the pressure's on, right? <laughs> okay. But we also want to celebrate this step that they're taking and pray for them as they make it. So would you join me in praying for our training camp students right now? Father God, I thank you for the work that you are doing in these people's lives, God, for the faithfulness that they have, for even in the midst of doubt, God, their willingness to say, yes, I will go. Here I am send me. Father, would you meet them in that step? Would you remove the doubt from their heart, God, as they worship you, as they look to you, as they learn from you, God, and they follow you to the very ends of the earth, Father. Thank you for these disciples, God, and we pray for the disciples that they too will make. In Jesus' name, amen. We're excited, guys. Down. Well, as, as, as these guys leave and, and get ready for an intense year, um, there's one final thing that all disciples have, and, and you guys especially, like, you can you keep this one in mind. Disciples have a promise. Disciples have a promise. Maybe it sounded hard up until this point, and yeah, it is, but disciples have a promise. In Matthew 28, verse 20, Jesus says, Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I'm with you. I'm going to be there. Sometimes we, we approach Jesus, though, and, and we, like, we pick all these, these sentences and we make him not a human being. We make him not a person. Like, he, he's just like a, like a quote machine or something. He just walks in and goes, behold, I am with you. Always. And it doesn't have anything to do with anything. No, Jesus is talking about going and he's talking about making disciples. And in that context, he says, and remember, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm doing that. Why is that there? Why did Jesus say this then? Well, I think it's because those things are connected. It's not just, is Jesus with you? Yeah, he's with you. But especially, he says, when you're going, when you're making disciples, remember, I'm with you in that. I am there. There's different ways that people can be with us, right? We, we lost Gwen's father over the, over the summer and in a, in, a, in a real sense, right? He's always going to be with us. His memory, even his presence, the things about, he's with us always. But he's not with us, with us. God is, is with you always. But when is he with us, with us? 
could even say like there's, there's this physical sense or a spiritual sense of people saying like, oh, I'm, I'm with you. It's not like Jesus is, is floating up to the sky and he's saying, like, go, go get him, guys. I'm with you. Just pound. No, no, Jesus says, remember, I'm with you. I am engaged. Sometimes I even go on dates and I'm, I'm like physically present. I go on dates with Gwen, by the way. Um, <laughs> I'm physically present, but she'll, she'll, she'll say it like, but you're not with me. I'm on my phone, right? Jesus is saying, I'm, I'm not I'm even physically present, but I'm, I'm there. I am with you. I am engaged, and it's when you're doing this. I am most present. I am, I am with you always. To the very end, when you are going and making disciples, it's like when my, my kids are riding a bike, I'm teaching them, right? And I'm, I'm there, but as they start pedaling, as they start going and doing it, I'm running alongside them going, I'm, I'm with you. I'm here. I'm not going to leave you. I got you. That's the portion of Jesus. Jesus says, when you go and make disciples, I am with you in that. I am there. I'm not going to leave you in that. You're not going to be alone. You don't have to be afraid. I'm with you in that. Too many of us, we, we don't want to leave God's presence, but I, I wonder, are you, are you in it? If you're not willing to go and make disciples, are you in God's presence? It's not a matter of whether or not God is going to leave you. It's not a matter of whether or not Jesus is with you. Jesus is with you, but are you with him? Jesus is saying, I'm, you have seen me. I have lived my life. I go, I make disciples. Now, you go and do that, and I'm going to be with you. You want to be with Jesus? You want his presence? his blessing, his fullness, then be with him. He is with you when you are with him. The question isn't whether or not Jesus is with you. Are you with him? Are you going where he is going? If you're not going, then Jesus is just leaving. But when you're going, today I don't want us to just look for the presence of God, look for the power of God, the provision of God without the practice. We've got to go where he's going. We want to be with him. That's the invitation today. I, I want to ask you, just it, over the course of the next, this next song, just reflect on your life and go like, man, do I have doubts that I need to worship God in any way? Do I need to go there in my own heart? Allow Jesus to just disciple me in that. Do I have an area where Jesus is saying, I want you to go here. I want, you, I want you to let me have the authority. I want you to let me tell you what to do because there's life there. Is, there. is there actually a person, a conversation that you need to have as, as you go and make disciples? Or is there an area where you just, you need, you're afraid, you're discouraged, you feel like you can't do it anymore, where you need to hear this promise of God where, where Jesus is saying, keep on going. I am with you. Remember, as you're doing this, as you're following me, I will never leave you. Don't leave me. Father God, we thank you for your reckless love. You never stop. You never stop following. You never stop loving. You never stop being with us when we are on your mission. Father, I pray that you would work in our hearts today, that we would follow you anywhere that we would submit to your authority, that you would erase doubts in our heart, God, as we look to your great go and make. We thank you that you're always with it, with us. You're always in that. 
and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. If you want more information about us or to just get connected, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We would love to hear from you.